0: Good to have all of you here, and um, a lot of uh, we've heard a lot of wonderful word, and I don't I had a lot of things going through my mind, and I know we have uh, just sort of finished Mother's Day and had a great word this past week, and from Brother Azolini and other uh, lessons and sermons that we have, and I. I thought about this subject, loving the Lord, and I don't know if you can see that, loving the Lord, uh, but um, I think we all would like to say, and I would say to all of us, if I were to ask the question, how many love the Lord? I think everybody would say, oh, I love the Lord. We all would and be able to raise our hand and say, "Yes, I, I love the Lord." And yet, um, the Jews uh, start every day and in and finish every day, usually saying uh, what is commonly called the Shema, or the Shema, um, or Shema, uh, depending on how they pronounce it It starts in Deuteronomy you may see it written S-H apostrophe M-A or you may see it written S-H-E-M-A and they start their prayer with that they start their day with reciting that prayer and it's taken from Deuteronomy the sixth chapter and starting at verse four and five and six and it says the first word here hero Israel is (coughs) is actually the Hebrew word s-h-m-a shema and so therefore they just say shema o Adonai uh, (coughs) Israel Adonai is our, our, Yahweh is our Yahweh, and Yahweh is one. And so uh, Adonai is our Lord, uh, is our God, and Adonai is one. So it starts off that. And why that saying is important as you continue on down those verses is because everybody probably knows what the rest of that is. And what does it say? After here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Huh, one Lord, and then it says, "And thou shalt love him, love him." And I'll read it to you. But the reason that becomes important is because when Jesus, in the New Testament, was asked, "What is the greatest of all commandments?" He referred to the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love him with all your heart, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Now these words of Jesus were so considered so important that they were, this incident was recorded. You know, some some miracles are recorded in one book of the gospel. Some are recorded in three. Some are recorded in two. Some are only, uh, there, there are a few that are mentioned in all four. But this one was important enough and I did not, Put the entire story, but it's it recorded in Matthew, the 22nd chapter. And Master, what is the great commandment of the, in the law? What is the great commandment? Jesus said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. He didn't start with here, Israel, the Lord our God is one. But he starts with reference to this commandment. Love him with all your heart, soul, mind. This is the first and great commandment. Mark. Jesus answered, said first of all the commandments is, hear O Israel hear that, Shema O Israel, thou shalt love the Lord our God is our Lord, is how he starts it there, and if you were to continue reading verse 30, verse 31, he quotes Deuteronomy 6 and the 6th chapter, Luke Records the same incident. That was in Mark the 12th chapter. Luke the 10th chapter. Same reference. I put an ellipsis there, but it's coming up. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And then he adds, and thy neighbor as thyself. That's what Jesus adds. But, let's go back to the original and see what the original says. Starting at verse 4 through verse 9, Deuteronomy. Fifth book of the Bible. Here's what it says in the original. "Here, Shema, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in your heart and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest at thy house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up and they shall bind them for a sign on thy hand and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. The next The ninth verse says, And thou shalt write them on the post of thy house and on thy gates. Hence, if you ever go to Israel or you're ever around a Jewish community, usually at least once a week and sometimes even more so, you will find that the men will take a piece of leather and they will wrap it up their arm with a little box. That box has a part of, that was usually written by a rabbi, and it has a writing inside, and it includes the Shema, hero Israel, the word of God, it's one Lord, and thou shalt love him with all thy might. They will also wrap it around, put it, you see a picture here, I don't know how well you can see it, but there's a square, and they put that scroll in it and they wrap it down and they wear it in the so straps down. Because it says, thou shalt bind it between thine eyes. shall bind it on your hand. So they take that very literally. And if you go to a Jewish motel or a home and They're very beautiful. Uh, Caitlin got one for her car. A mezuzah. And it is a little piece of metal. Sometimes they're decorated very nice. And if you get a a real one, (laughs) they will have a copy of the Shema inside. That's where you're seeing the little piece of rolled up parchment that has that in it. They will put it on the door, you will, on the doorpost, post because it's in fact some of them will walk by, they'll kiss their hand, they'll touch that as they walk in their house. Sometimes they will have it at the entrance to their home and they will also have it at the entrance to the bedroom. They will have it like I said, they will sell them for your car, and you get in your car. There will be this a mezuzah, and it's to remind you, hear, O Israel." And sometimes they will say the Shema. They will they will recite that. They will put it as a prayer. And there's, you can go and you can go to a Jewish store and buy a prayer book, and it will have the prayers of the Shema. The prayers of this hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And they come in all kinds of sizes and all kinds of price ranges. And and if you just kind of look as you go in, you'll see one and it's usually on the top. Uh, third of the doorway. That's important. You don't put it too low. You put it at about eye level. And they have all these rules for it. And you have it tilted. And you tilt it where it's faced out, not in. And that's because the words are supposed to be coming into this house, not going out into the public. But these words are supposed to seal into the home. And, And so Flow into the home, and so when you look at this that verse, you you it starts off with this shema shema or shmei here, O Israel, and that's not the only place that it verses start with here here, O Israel. In fact, Deuteronomy has I don't know five or six places where uh, the Lord had Moses write, Hero Israel, in the fifth chapter in the first verse, in the fourth chapter in the first verse, in the sixth chapter, in the third verse, before you get to the fourth verse, in the ninth chapter in the first verse, in the twentieth chapter in the third verse, it says, Hero Israel, Hero Israel. Attention. Listen. That's basically what it is. You know, it's kind of like you probably have never had to do that to your children. Where you clap your hands or you say their name in staccato. Tap, tap, tap. Listen to me now. Hey, 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 listen. No more fighting. No more running. No more. Hey, hey. It's like, all right, hear. Hear what I'm going to say. And so... And that's found in this book of Deuteronomy. And of course, Deuteronomy is probably the most, not probably, it is the most quoted book in the New Testament. Uh, Deuteronomy is quoted 83 times in the New Testament, referred to 83 times. Three of those are when Jesus says, this is the greatest commandment. He's quoting from Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter. It's quoted more often than any other Old Testament book. So there is a lot of importance to this book. And yet uh, the people in the book of Deuteronomy are reminded of their covenant responsibility to God at least 12 times. And they are commanded to love the Lord. And and uh, the reason I'm emphasizing that is because a lot of times people talk about, well, we're now not under the law, we're under grace, and we have a different relationship. The Lord wanted this relationship with his people all the way back in the Old Testament. We're privileged, yes, and I'm thankful we're not under the law. We're under the grace and the mercy of God. But he wanted this for them. In fact, he wanted a nation of kings and priests. And what is it the priests are supposed to do? Offer sacrifices. And when we are supposed to all be priests, sacrifice of praise, sacrifice of worship. How many felt like coming tonight? Well, it was a little bit of a sacrifice. Sacrifice. Why are you doing it? Because you make me mad? I probably don't have that much pull. I hope you did it because you love the Lord. And you don't want to hurt him. He said, forsake not the assembling of yourself. You know, and and sometimes people, and and I understand, sometimes people think, well, I'm going to let the preacher know I'm not going to go, or I'm not going to. Whatever, I'm not going to give or I'm not going to be there. I'm, I'm thinking, yes, does it hurt? Sure. But guess who it really hurts? Hurting me is immaterial when it comes to hurting him. And he goes through this in Deuteronomy, you read in the fifth chapter. He is very candid. He said, For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. And I know sometimes people say, Well, families have curses and generational curses. I understand that. I've been teaching in Kings and you see people following in the sins of their fathers. But I want to tell you something. At Calvary, Jesus broke every generational curse. One of the curses on the ground was thorns. What did he put in his head? He broke every curse. Shame. You name it. What are you saying? The blood of was more powerful than any curse. Now I understand people can be raised and you know they have signs and you can talk about. It. You raise a child with screaming, then what do they grow up doing? Scream. They think that's the way you're supposed to do. It. You raise a child with, you know, I'm gonna knock you out and talking rough to them. And they get married and they look at their wife and go, I'm going to knock you out. And she goes, ah. <laughs> and, and he says, well, no, I didn't mean that. But that's what I've heard all my life. I wasn't planning on knocking you out. It was just, you know. And. I understand. I mean, I've heard parents say, go play in the freeway, you know, and I'm thinking, if their kid walked out to play in the freeway, you'd have a fit. And we, just, you know, so, and then the next generation, And I, but I'm not talking about that as a curse. I'm talking about, yes, we pick up on those things. But I'm not, but let me just tell you, if your father was an alcoholic, doesn't mean you have to be an alcoholic. If your dad was a that, doesn't mean you have to be this. Because of the blood. Say, so, well, I'm doomed. I'm cursed. It runs in my family. Well, sure, I, I understand. Addicts can, they're. Kids learn that cycle of dependency and codependency and addiction and they fall into that. I get it. But at some point, you've got to know that the power of the blood of Jesus is greater than any other. But these verses say... I will visit the iniquity. But he doesn't stop there. He doesn't leave you feeling so terrible. What does he say in the next part of that verse? Show mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. That love love me. That love me. So, talking tonight about loving God, and I said, okay, if we said everybody loved God, everybody would raise their hand. But that would love me. And what's the number one reason we should love the Lord? Because of who he is. You know, we we understand that Isaiah said it like this, You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me, and understand that I am he. Before me was no God formed, and neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord. And beside me there is no Savior. That's why Paul, probably the writer of Hebrews, says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must what? Believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But the number one reason you ought to love God is because he is God. Who he is. Who else... You say, well, I will love the Bucks. Well, that's wonderful. But they're not God. Well, I will love whatever. Fill in the blank. It's not going to be God. There is only one God that you can love. That you can fall in love with and have a relationship with. There is no other God. That's why he said there is none other. You say, well, well, then I will, I don't want to love any God. If you can't love God who is perfect, who is invisible, she's a wonderful lady, but I can't love this one. How can I truly love any human? Now, I know there, you know, everybody has been praising the teacher. I've forgotten her name. I heard it. But the teacher out in Idaho, middle school teacher, you remember a couple weeks ago, a sixth grader. Sixth grade. Brought a gun to school. Pistol. She's upset. Upset. Bam, 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 shot. Three people, custodian. Then this teacher gets her class, gets them out in the hall, and then runs toward the girl and says, honey, oh, baby, you don't want to do that. And put her arms around her, took the gun from her, and held her until the cops got there and said it's all right and everybody's lauding this teacher because she was holding this girl when the police came they ask her she tells the reporters well they were very nice and they said to the girl now honey we're going to have to put your hands behind your back and put on handcuffs and they took the gun from the teacher and Everybody's going, "What a hero!" Because in that moment, she ran and embraced and loved this girl. And yet if the girl would have had any more bullets, huh? We would have said how stupid. You ran right up to him. Huh? And I'm not. I'm saying it's wonderful. I don't know. The Lord impressed her. The teacher. I I don't know what. But I don't know that. I could have done it. I don't know that I'd have told my. My mother taught for years. My wife. Well as a matter of fact. I'm going to tell you what this preacher told my wife. If. Two big guys she taught in high school. Start getting into it. Don't you stand in between them. (laughs) Didn't I tell you that? I said, find another teacher too. Get the principal and let one of those big coaches get in between them. Now they when she taught, they didn't have guns and knives usually at school, so. I just thought, man, you'll get your block knocked off. Huh? Because when people start getting angry and frustrated and, huh? So maybe I'm bad. I didn't show the love of the Lord, maybe. But let me tell you something. That's why if you can't love God for who he is, who can you love? I I would like to know this lady, I teacher, I've forgotten her name, it was sent out over the wire the teacher's name, because they've been lauding her, but I'd like to know. Wonder where she goes to church. I wonder what relationship she has with God, because there's no way you can do that humanly. The only thing she said was, I just thought I'm a mother, or what's this little girl got she felt a mother's love what she described for that little girl. That her whole life has been changed from what she's done now. She felt mercy. So the number one reason that we love God is because of who he is. And I could spend a lot of time talking about who he is. And then, you know, the number two reason is not only who he is, but what he's done for us. You know? You know? We always say, He's done so much for me. I cannot tell it all. I cannot tell it all. He woke me up this morning. And when I start thanking Him, you can't help but feel the love of God. I'm sorry. You want to. You say, "Well, I don't feel the love of God." Start thinking about what God's done for you, what He's kept you from, how He's protected you, what He did for you today, and how merciful He's been, and how kind, and what He's done in your life. You say, "Well, He didn't answer this prayer, and He didn't." A-. If you'll start focusing on what He has done, Amen. what He did in the past, what He did in the future, and we talk about. Perspective and the fact that he's making me a place with streets of gold and gates of pearl where I'm never going to be able to have pain or tears. Oh, hallelujah, how could I not love him? When people say, well, I don't feel anything, I know that they're not opening their heart to the love of God. Because if you just could imagine the love of God, if you could see who he is. You know, and, and songwriters talk about, you know, the king of glory and coming down and what he's done and how, what he, you know, that he robed himself. And Paul said not only did he submit himself to human form but then he submitted himself to death and then it wasn't just any death but it was the death of a cross. What he's done for me? Uh, you know, well, I wish he would also do I know, I do too. I have a want list. But let me tell you, if he doesn't do anything else, he's already done so much for me. I ought to be able to praise him. I ought to be able to worship him. When he started with the Ten Commandments back in Exodus, you know how he his verses that he opened them up in the chapter with, I am the Lord thy God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And then he starts, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt, thou shalt, thou shalt, thou shalt. But he said, I'm going to show you how much love I have for you. I brought you out. When you were nothing, I brought you out. Yet while we were yet sinners. Then he said, you want to show me? Keep my commandments. In the New Testament, John said it like this. In this was manifest the love of God toward us. Because God sent his only begotten son in the world that we might live through him. Here is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. What is he saying? That, you know, you say, well, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. Let me tell you, the big thing that I have to remember is he first loved me. All I'm doing is responding to what he's already done for me. I couldn't love him if he didn't love me. I would have no audience. He's God. I mean, you know, that's the whole story of Job. Job is saying, Lord, if you'd just let me talk to you, if you just understand, I'm done. Th- I am done wrong. I am done bad. If you only knew what I and that's when my wife quoted the verse the other day where she said, Finally, the Lord says, Okay, Job, let me see you. Can you make a snowflake? Can you do this? Can you do that? And Job said well I heard about you but now. I don't have any business. Talking to God. Having access to the presence of God. He is God. This is the God that spoke the worlds into existence. This is the God that said, let there be light. Yes. And I get a chance to talk to him? Oh, thank you, I mean, I, I don't get a chance to call the governor. Oh. As Brother Azzelini said, I, of Dominion and all that, I wouldn't even get a chance to see the mayor unless I made an appointment. And maybe not even then. Police chief, fire chief, whatever. I can't go up to them and say, oh, listen, by the way, let me, huh? But 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I can talk to God? How can I not love it? Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord and thou shalt love him. I love him because he lets me talk to him. I love him because of what he's done for me. And then, and so it's not about what, and, and then the third reason, and I, and I know you can have a whole lot more, but I, I just listed three for tonight. I, it's like, guess what? He wants me to love Him. One of my responses is to love Him. In Deuteronomy the 10th chapter says, And now Israel, what does the Lord require of thee? What does the Lord require you? To fear the Lord, to walk in His ways, to love Him, to serve him with all your heart and soul and keep the commandments of the Lord and the statute that I commanded thee this day for good. The New Testament, John said it like this, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. He that dwelleth in love dwells in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. can read it in Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter, in the 1st verse, and the 13th verse, and the 22nd verse. About the, he wants us to love him. I brought you out so that you would be to me a people. He wants a bride. He wanted a bride. He wanted somebody to love. The first Adam went to sleep and they took out a rib and made Eve so that it would be in his image and likeness and he could love her. Jesus went to Calvary and let a soldier pierce his side so he could have a bride. The Lord wanted a people. He wanted a family to love him. They always didn't love him. He wanted a nation to love him. They always didn't love him became a point of love. And and I know it's Wednesday night, I'm talking to the Wednesday night church and that's the saints and I get it. But you know, most of us, you know, the fear of the Lord, the respect of God, most of us, I'll just put it on me. I feel terrible when I know I have displeased Him. Huh? Why? Because I love Him. And I look sometimes at what I've done or said or been or my actions or my thoughts and I feel like, oh man, Lord. After all you've done for me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I want to hide just like Adam did in the garden. And I know that's not the right response. It's like when your children, you know, they do something and they know you've told them. All of a sudden they start crying and they're upset. and, And what do you want to do? Come on. Let me put my arm around you. It's all right. I love you. We're going to make it. You have to clip that tongue from saying I told you four times don't jump off. Huh? I told you you were going to skin your knees. Right now is that going to do them any good? I think they know. Right now I need to wrap my arms around you why because I love you I want you to feel the love I I I don't want it to be you understand what I'm saying and and yet we read in those verses in first John that perfect love will cast out fear anxiety phobias anything that will want to take over your heart so if you find yourself being ripped apart emotionally you know what you need to do? Is fall in love more with the Lord. Get His love flowing through you. Well, you say, Well, wouldn't you be afraid if the doctors come in? Sure. But guess what? I can talk to the God of creation about it. I can say, Lord, you know where I am. I don't, ha- I don't know what I have to do. I am, so, I am so alone here. But you said you'd never leave me. You went to Calvary. For- huh? And all of a sudden I feel a peace come over my heart. I know what the doctor said. I know what the lawyer said. The butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. But I also know there is still a God. And so I've got to love him with all my emotion. What happens is when my emotions start feeling fear and tense and all this is, I understand there's reason for it, and you can it's legitimate, but at some point you gotta you gotta say, wait a minute, I gotta bring that back into check. Lord, you're still in control. You still love me. But what happens is I feel estranged because I haven't done what I should. And I don't want to go climb into his lap. Huh? I'd rather hide. I didn't break the cookie jar. It wasn't my fault. But if I'm truly going to love God, that's when i got to run back to my source and say, Lord, I need you to wrap your arms around me. I need to fill up with your love. I need to fill up with your love. Why? Because when we fill up with the love of God, you know what we will do? You know what we'll talk about? (laughs) When I'm full of the love of God, I mean, you've seen what we call puppy love and what do they want to talk about? Huh? They're in love. Oh, they're in love. And what did those verses, what did the Shema say? When you hear, oh, Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord and I shall love the Lord. And he says, and when you fill up on this, you know what you're going to do? You're going to talk about it to your children. You're going to talk about it When you sit down in the house, when you're sitting at the table, you're going to talk about, you know what? The Lord's been good today. What's the Lord done for you? That's awesome. When you walk outside of the house, you're going to talk about the love of God. Now, I don't, I know we have to talk about work and we have to, your work may require you to be on the phone and talk about a lot of other things, but it ought to be something hunger inside of you that the moment you can talk about anything else, that's where it shouldn't be gossip or what's this or that problem or this problem. You ought to be talking about what good God's done for you. Huh? He said when you sit, I mean, didn't he say that? Sit in your house, walk by the way, lie down, get up, bind them on a sign for your hand, beat us frontlets, write them on the post of your house. Now I know we don't, we don't have mezuzahs, and if you go to Israel, you can buy one. Maybe if you go to a store, probably sell them in Columbus. and Bexley, I don't know, Bexley, they probably have them there. But you can do that. But it, what is it supposed to remind you of? How much I love the Lord. As a matter of fact. If you'll read it very carefully. He said in one place. He said put it on the tassels of your garments. So that when you walk. Every time you walk you'll say. I love the Lord. Huh. Why are you dressing like this? Because I love the Lord. Why are you acting that way? Because I love the Lord. Why are you doing that? Because I love the Lord. I'm not doing it for I'm not the preacher's not making me do this. I love the Lord. Well, the church said, if I don't, I love the Lord. <laughs> and, and he goes on. What else? When you're full of his love, what else is gonna happen? Here it says, and when you when you full of his love, our focus, our purpose, our desire. Our goal is what? To know Him. That's why Paul said it like this. Oh, doubtless I count all things but loss. My goal is to make a million dollars. My goal is to have a this. My goal is to... I understand you can have all those goals, but your first goal, your primary goal, your number one goal is... That I may have the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He said, I've suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung. That I might win Christ. That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his suffering. Being made conformable unto his death. What are you saying? Oh, I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't understand what the Lord. I don't Whoa, stop erase back up oh Lord let me see you in a greater measure as I walk through this valley of the shadow of death oh God teach me something about you that I didn't know before oh God I want to know you like I've never known you say well wait a minute that's crazy that's fallen in love with him and you all know we we've all we've all hate to admit it but in the midst of a trial what do we find ourselves doing this is our wednesday night crowd when i'm stressed when i'm going through it i find myself in the altar more i find myself praying more i find myself reading more huh Oh, Pastor, I, I don't want to. <laughs> what am I doing? I'm wanting to find the Lord because I know if I find him, everything's going to be all right. He feels like he's a million miles, but oh, I can find him. He's the God of all the universe. It's going to be okay. I, I, <laughs> talking to a minister today and, and he said I, I, I never get to choose the tool that the Lord uses to work on me but I got to remember that as long as I'm trying to live for him he's still anyway alright I know we're going to baptize here in just a moment. But when you, when you really have fallen in love with the Lord, you have the purpose is to know him. Falling in love with him, you want to obey him. If you love me, keep my commandments. Those are the words of Jesus. The words of Jesus in John 15, As the Father loved me, so I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you abide in my love. Like I kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. First John says, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. Oh, I just don't feel like, I, confession's good for the soul, I try to, I try to spend 10 or 15 minutes, I, we have a little treadmill, I try to walk on that every day, and I, I don't know, I'm going to just be candid with you, I don't know how many times you have to do it until you fall in love with it, but I haven't yet. <laughs> I avoid it. My wife will say, it's 9 o'clock. Have you walked? No. (laughs) Well, go walk. Well, right now I can't. (laughs) It's 9.30. Have you walked? No, I thought I... No, you said you wanted to be reminded. (laughs) Huh? It's grievous to me. I know, Brother Joe over here, he likes to exercise and go pick up buses and trains and all that. I've never been to that point. Just walking is not, I don't know. Huh? Maybe you just hop out of bed to do it. I don't know. But I want to tell you, there are people that feel that way about, oh, i got to read the Bible. Oh, the Lord wants me to pray. Oh, I need to. Preacher's going to want me to go to church tonight. Oh, I know it's not on the Wednesday night crowd, but oh, Lord, help us. That's not the way we should. We love him. Huh? I don't want to, I don't do this because it demands not grievous. We want to obey him. Anyway, all right, go on. Sorry, I shouldn't be that transparent. Here we go. When we fill up with his love, we ought to be willing to love somebody else. Huh? If you can't love somebody else, well, they're just not lovable. Well, if they were made in the image and likeness of God, huh? Huh? John 13 chapter, Jesus said, A new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you. That Just stop a minute. When did Jesus love me? When I was unlovable. And he said, I want you to love one another like I loved you. Loving people that are unlovable? Well, if they would be a little bit. I get it. I agree with you. I like liking people that are nice. I don't really like liking people that are not nice. And when I see somebody not nice, it takes everything in me. try to give a blessing to them. Huh? Yet this is what the Lord wants me to do. All men you shall know you're my disciples. And you say, well, pastor, I can't do it. That's too much. And I will tell you, as I told you, I know I've grieved the Lord. I have done my share of doing things that I felt terrible about. And you know, I wish I could tell you, well, it only happens once every 10 years. No, it seems like I can not hardly go five minutes sometimes, huh? And I, oh Lord, why did I say that? Why did I do, huh? Anybody ever know? And all that should do is remind me that I've got to fill up with his love. I'm going to have to stay full of his spirit if I'm going to love here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and I will love him with all your heart and all your soul. There, this is impossible unless you stay full of the love of God. You say, Well, when we go down on the waters of baptism, we remember what he's done for us, and we can be a new creature in Christ. out fear but perfect love is hard to practice huh because we have so many mixed messages and signals and things and pains and huh every time I get on that treadmill I think Are you sure my heart is not hurting me right now and I don't need to do this tonight? Let me feel. Oh, I I can't do it tonight because I'm feeling a little tightness in my... My wife hollers out from the kitchen, you don't have any tightness, get on that treadmill. I'm going to show you tightness. She's hard. No, she does not say that. (laughs) Falling in love with Jesus. Here's what it said in Romans 5 and 5. Hope makes not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which was given to us. Perfect love doesn't ensure perfect practice. And you want to know what perfect love is? Turn to 1 Corinthians 13. We only read it at weddings because it's too depressing to read it any other time. you got to have a lot of fun and parties going on before you read it. Because when you say, love is patient, suffering long, love is kind, love is generous, doesn't envy, love is humble, it vawneth not itself up, is not puffed up, love is courteous? Does not behave unseemly. Have you ever notice There's hardly any courtesy anymore. I mean, I'm not going to ask you whether or not you open the car door for your wife. I, I confess, I don't. It used to be you did that sort of thing. You were courteous, you know. And you say, "Well, they they got arms and legs. They can do it." Watch watch a lady come into a table. How many men will stand up? Doesn't happen anymore. This was when I was growing up. Huh? Love is courteous. Why? Does not, why? Because when you're courteous, you're acknowledging someone else. When you open the door for them, when you pull out a chair, huh? They got two arms like me. Oh. <laughs> Unselfish, good tempered, not easily provoked, thinks no evil, guilelessness, sincere. <laughs> you read that and you go, Lord, I need another dose of love. I need to say the Shema one more time, huh? I need to fall in love with him. Let's stand. We're glad you're here. We're going to baptize this individual. Uh, We're going to, might have to have some of you guys help us, but we're, I'm glad I can love the Lord, aren't you? Falling in love with him. Let's say it. If you want to come and pray, you're welcome. In Jesus' name.